Hey everybody, this is Matt Hardman with another episode of the Race Nerd Podcast here on CKCC Radio. Thank you for tuning in and thank you for continuing to support not just this show, but our plethora of other programs here on our little network, whether it be the Club Cafe Podcast, J Bunny's Music Hub, Motivational Moves, The Nerd Table, the brand new show hosted by Eric and Chris. There's also Real Paranormal Talk, Ranking Tracks, The Board to Death Binge Cast, and so many more. Uh, like and subscribe on all your podcasting platforms, whether it be Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, or iHeartRadio. Anyway, we got a lot to talk about this week, but first, we have a trivia question. And this is going to be a little different. This is a multiple choice. Which of the following IndyCar greats has never won a race for Roger Penske? Is it A, Danny Sullivan, B, Al Unser Jr., C, Mario Andretti, or D, Bobby Rahal. Tune in later in the episode and we'll discuss who the driver is. Anyway, we have a lot to talk about. We have NASCAR at Daytona. Our playoffs are set. We have a double header. That happened last weekend at Gateway or Worldwide Technology Speedway or whatever they want to call themselves. I still refer to it as Gateway. We have the Oxford 250. uh, Who won one of the most prestigious races in short track racing up here in my neck of the woods. We also have another driver announced for the SRX series. I think it's Stock Car Car Racing Experience or something like that. I forget right now. And we have a little bit of silly season rumors uh, that are going around. And we will talk about those. But let's jump right into the racing. Uh, we had IndyCar this weekend. A doubleheader, as I said. As with Saturday's race, we saw Scott Dixon pick up his 50th career IndyCar win. Uh, which is third all-time. And wins list only behind Mario Andretti and AJ Foyt. And that's some hefty company. And to be honest... When I think IndyCar, Scott Dixon is sneaky good. Uh, He isn't one of those names that pop out like a Foyt or an Andretti or an Unser or even a Rick Mears. Uh, He's a slow and methodical type driver and somehow finds a way to win. And the fact that he's third all time. And not only that, but he's also chasing uh, A.J. Foyt's win total is is something to to be behold. 
he's one of those uh, I'm trying to equate him as he's a very quiet driver a very not flamboyant but just kind of you think to yourself wow he Scott Dixon really has that many wins because you wouldn't think it but he's been very good very competitive uh, and certainly is leading the Honda Brigade against um, the unbelievable dream team that Roger Penske has in the Chevy camp and it's pretty cool to watch uh, he single-handedly I think pretty much wrapped up the season uh, just well we'll see if he's wrapped up the season but you know who knows um, then we move on to Sunday and as we were just talking about that Penske Dream Team, Joseph Newgarden, last year's champion, picks up another win, um, edging out Patricio Award, uh, the talented youngster who has come so close the past three or four races to picking up his first win, and the first win for the rebadged, renamed Arrow McLaren Smith Peterson team, which is a lot to say. I, I think this kid's got a bright future. Uh, New Garden's obviously hitting his, speed, his peak as a two time IndyCar champion, and I think the future's pretty bright uh, for those two. Uh, so Dixon wins on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, we saw a new garden win. And, and there was a little bit of sadness as we possibly have seen the very last IndyCar race of Tony Kanaan. Uh, TK was, was set to retire the end of this year, but was hoping that if a deal worked out right for 2021 that he may compete either on ovals or at least the Indy 500 as a final farewell uh, to the fans who he wanted to do this for, for all the fans that have supported him through the years, uh, supported him uh, with his move from the Champ Car Series to the IRL, uh, his Indy 500 win, and all in his IndyCar Championship. Can't forget about that. But um, there is, he has left the door open. It all depends on team and sponsorship for 2021. And I got a little, a, a little, um, I don't want to say nugget, a little idea I floated to a fellow race fan the other day. That would be perfect if they can manage to line everything up. I can definitely see some sort of power team. Uh, two drivers, one car in 2021. And that would be Tony Kanaan, who only wants to run 
the ovals in the Indianapolis 500 uh, fitting into a ride which would either be with Ed Carpenter Racing sharing a ride with Ed Carpenter or staying in the Chevy camp possibly with AJ Foyt and the driver doing the road and street courses would be Jimmy Johnson who has said he wants to do IndyCar next year in 2021 and run the street and road courses. Jimmy is, does not want to do the ovals, at least not yet. Uh, this, With it being his final Cup Series season, he wants the challenge of moving over to IndyCar and running those street and road courses. And I think those two, with the right pairing and the right sponsorship, I think those two, and on a competitive team, those two could be quite a combination in that IndyCar paddock. So, uh, that is, that's my pipe dream. I, I don't, it makes a lot of logical sense, but at the same time, it all, it all is very dependent on sponsorship and equipment. And how bad does Chevy want to keep Jimmy Johnson, who has driven Chevrolet his entire career, uh, in their camp when he does change to IndyCar? Because, as is pointed out, Roger Penske runs Chevrolet in the IndyCar series and Ford's in NASCAR. And... My only retort to that is the fact that uh, Ford and the Ford Cosworth engine are not in the IndyCar series. And so it left it open for him to run the Chevrolets. Uh, so it wasn't a conflict of interest per se. But with TK... You know, possibly running just those ovals along with his schedule in the SRX series, which will only be six races on short track ovals. I think this could be quite interesting. Uh, speaking of the SRX series, as I said before, we have five drivers who are currently announced. Uh, Helio Castro Neves, Paul Tracy, Tony Kanaan. Bobby Labonte and Tony Stewart. Well, a sixth driver has officially been announced, and this one came out of nowhere, and it is former SCCA Trans Am Series driver and the first African-American to ever run the Indianapolis 500. Yes, it is Wrong Way Willie, Willie T. Ribs. Um... Willie, as far as I knew, has not run anything since the early 2000s when he was running for one season at Bobby Hamilton Motorsports in NASCAR's Truck Series. Uh, I had figured he was officially retired. Uh, he had just gone on tour about a year, year and a half ago in promoting the movie Uppity. Uh, the biography based on his life, the documentary, I should say, um, and 
that one is something to check out, especially with the with the climate we're in today. Um, Willie, not Billy, Willie is a, a very unique character in the world of racing. Uh, very talented, um, articulate, and he's certainly a um, an interesting mouthpiece uh, for a sport. Um, and I know fans are divided when it comes to Bubba Wallace, but I like to think that if there was no Willie T. Ribs, um, there would not be a Bubba Wallace. Uh, Willie T. is a character, uh, especially if you've listened to him on uh, podcasts, uh, much like Dinner with Racers. Uh, he is a character and a half. Um, and he would certainly fit in with other characters like Paul Tracy and Tony Stewart over in that series. Uh, I think it's going to be very fun watching that next year. I may have to get CBS Sports just for that series. Uh, moving on. We not only had IndyCar, we had the NASCAR's top three touring series racing at Daytona. Uh, back there after doing a weekend at Dover. And remember, they had just come back from the road course at Daytona a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they now have... The Cup Series, at least, has their playoffs set with quite an exciting finish. Heading into Daytona for the Cup Series, you had three drivers fighting for the final two playoff spots. Uh, that would be William Byron, who's trying to get his second career playoff spot in the number 24 which was famously run by Jeff Gordon and Chase Elliott and had he had a legacy to live up to in that ride then you had Matt DiBenedetto who had been the Cinderella story a uh, driver who would come from pretty much obscurity driving for lower tier teams and doing very well with their equipment to being tabbed to run the famed Wood Brothers number 21 car after replacing Paul Menard then you had Jimmy Johnson the seven-time Cup Series champion in his final full-time season trying to chase championship number eight which would break the three-way tie between himself, Richard Petty, and the late Dale Earnhardt. So, we had those three all fighting for a playoff spot. You had other drivers that were trying to get into the championship, trying to burst bubbles, like Bubba Wallace, who usually runs very well at Daytona. Eric Jones, trying to make the playoffs in his final season at Joe Gibbs Racing as he will move on at the end of the season. You had Christopher Bell, who was trying to 
get Levine Racing uh, into their uh, only playoff spot uh, among other teams and uh, Tyler Reddick who the talented rookie was trying to make the trying to be the second rookie to make the playoffs this year as Cole Custer had won at Kentucky earlier on granting him a a playoff spot but after a really calm three quarters of the race uh, two big accidents uh, first one being caused by Tyler Reddick on a side jo- uh, a slide job gone bad that took out Kyle Bush and many others and a second one that involved Joey Logano uh, with a loose handling car taking out many competitors including Jimmy Johnson uh, that would eliminate him from the playoffs at the drop of the checkered flag it saw young William Byron the highly touted blue chip prospect coming up through NASCAR's ranks pick up his first career win and for two years in a row uh, we have first time winners last year it was Justin Haley in that really weird rain shortened um, Coke Zero 600 this year it is William Byron no rain involved Picking up that and moving on into the next round. And it's really cool. Uh, William has now run, has now won in all three top series. He becomes the 31st driver to ever win in all three series. Uh, Not many drivers uh, from the 90s on been able to do that granted the truck series has only been around since 1995 but there's not many and that includes legends like Dale Jarrett Rusty Wallace uh, other Hall of Famers like Dale Earnhardt Jr. granted in Jr.'s defense he has never raced in a truck Uh, Jeff Gordon has never done that, but the Labonte brothers and Mark Martin and trying to think who else, Uh, Jimmy Spencer has done it, Casey Kane, Ryan Newman, Uh, they'd all done it, Uh, but Wayne Byron does that and only becomes the second ever driver to win in a car numbered 24. And another interesting fact that ties him to Jeff Gordon, who is the other driver who has won in the 24. You may have heard of him. He's got like 93 wins, something ridiculous like that. Uh, multi-time champion and bona fide NASCAR Hall of Famer. Jeff Gordon, when he won his first race, he was 22 years, 7 months, and 25 days. 
old. When William Byron won his first race, he was 22 years, 7 months, and 1 day. The age difference between when they won their first races is a astounding 24 days. That, that that's some um, that's some magic numbers right there. Uh, so it was almost destined to be. Uh, Byron cemented his spot along with Di Benedetto into the playoffs. Uh, a playoff that sees Kevin Harvick going in as the points leader, and not only that, Harvick with his despite his crumpled up car at the end of the Coke Zero 400 was your regular season champion and also Harvick's teammate Cole Custer due to his win at Kentucky and being the only rookie to make the playoffs is your 2022 uh, 2020 rookie of the year uh which I kind of understand a lot of the frustration with a lot of fans. As Custer has shown flashes of brilliance, but hasn't been as competitive. Especially early on in the season as Tyler Reddick. And the thought was, this Rookie of the Year battle shouldn't end going into the playoffs but as Custer is the only rookie to win he wins by default uh, which I have no issue with but I know a lot of fans did have that issue uh, so on the Xfinity side we had Justin Haley who picked up his second career Xfinity Series win uh, Haley who won Last year's Coke for uh, Coke Zero 400 at Daytona, like I said, in that really weird rain-shortened race, uh, won earlier this season at Talladega and does it again at Daytona. He became the first driver that I know that has won their first Cup race before they have won in either of the two. Touring, seas, touring series in quite a long time. I, I can't think of the last one who won at the top level than won in one of the lower levels right off the bat. Maybe Juan Montoya, but that one I'm not even sure of. So, we have that. And then we had Sheldon Creed who won in the truck race at Daytona. So, uh, it was a good weekend for Chevrolet, the Camaros, and the Silverados. And this weekend, they move on to Darlington for throwback weekend, which we'll see some, a lot of old classic paint schemes. Uh, which we will talk about in a special episode coming up. And not only that, but we'll be seeing some familiar faces return to the track. 
uh, in the truck series as Trevor Bain will be joining Nice Motorsports for the race in driving the 40, 45 truck and the Biff, former truck series champion, Xfinity series champion, Greg Biffle. Another one of those guys who's won in all three series uh, will return to the trucks driving the number 24 Chevrolet for GMS Racing. And that's one that I look forward to. Biffle, who ran one truck race last year for Kyle Busch Motorsports, picked up the win at Texas in his only outing. Uh, and Biffle has gone on record to say that if the right opportunity and the right team come about, he is all for returning to NASCAR. And I think that would be really cool. Um, Biffle, although is long in the tooth, I believe he's on the closer end to almost 50. But as we saw last year at Texas in with GMS, I wouldn't expect anything less. Um, Biffle still knows how to get to the front in lead races. So that could be really cool. Um, but Biffle is not the only bit of news uh, as it's been reported that Jermaine Racing has everything on the table uh, when it comes to their team, even the possibility of selling their team. Uh, Jermaine Racing, which has been in the sport since the mid-2000s, taking over for the Arnold Motorsports team, uh, has won multiple championships in the truck series, competed in all three series, and been a staple in the Cup Series uh, for many, many years with sponsorship from Geico Insurance and is currently driven by Ty Dillon. Uh, they have um, many options on what to do for 2021. Um, if the rumor is true that they would be interested in selling their team and if Geico goes along, I would expect the first team to bite at it would be uh, Ty Dillon's grandfather and his team, Richard Childress Racing, and seeing the, seeing the 13 car brought into the fold uh, as they've already run equipment and motors from RCR, that it would just make sense. And this way they would both be under their grandfather's team. Uh, I know Ty has wanted to kind of go out on his own instead of racing for Pop Pop, as he calls them. But I think this would be the most logical move. Uh, and with Richard Childress Racing only running two cars the past few years, this would be the perfect time to re-expand to three without overdoing it and having search for sponsorship. Uh, another rumor out there uh, is we haven't heard the end of the Richard Petty Motorsports saga. Um, that there is rumors that 
there could be a deal for a partnership or a full-on sale. Two unnamed sources, one in the music industry and one in NASCAR. Um, the rumor of Denny Hamlin buying into it, which we talked about in the last episode, uh, still is out there. And it still floated around that the team would move to Toyota. But nothing is set in stone yet. There has not been any confirmation. There's not really been anything as that rumor has been wide open. Anybody from Michael Jordan, who Denny Hamlin has a very close friendship with, uh, to Dr. Dre, who is a has a partnership with Bubba Wallace through his Beats headphones brand. Uh, so I've heard a whole bunch of those, um, nothing really sticking with legs other than the Michael Jordan one, which was, as I said last week, denied by his PR guy. But then again, you never know, never know. Uh, so we'll, we'll keep interest on that story. Um, there is uh, the fact that on another note that... Eric Jones has reached out to Joey Logano about how to navigate the next few steps of his career as Jones is being replaced by Christopher Bell much the same way Logano was replaced at Joe Gibbs Racing with Matt Kenseth on how um, where to find a ride and I don't think it'll be long before we see Eric Jones rideless. Um, he is very talented, and I think that this is a move that'll backfire for Joe Gibbs and Toyota. As I see more of an upside with Jones than I do Bell uh, in the long term. Uh, have a little bit of sad news to pass along as I'm going through this. Uh, Longtime Cup Series owner Larry Hedrick uh, has passed away at the age of 79, I believe. Uh, Hedrick, who is was the longtime owner of the number 41 car, which had started off with Larry Pearson and the last driver to drive from was Rick Mast drove from 1991 I believe and the team folded in 2000 uh, when sponsorship was from then sponsor um, Big Daddy's barbecue sauce failed to pay the team uh, and it was forced to shut down. Uh, in that time, they had such drivers as Dick Trickle, Phil Parsons, Dave Marcus, Greg Sachs, uh, Steve Grissom, 1996 Rookie of the Year, um, Ricky Craven, David Green, and many others. Uh, they... Most known for uh, Robbie Gordon, uh, not Robbie Gordon, um, Ricky Craven and Steve Grissom in the Kodiak uh, tobacco cars. Uh, Grissom, who started 
second in the 1997 Daytona 500. Uh, was their highest starting position ever. Uh, Craven had many, many strong runs uh, for Hedrick before moving to Hendrick Motorsports. And also, Hedrick was the first team to actually lock Kellogg's and Kellogg's Cornflakes into a full season sponsorship uh, deal that was featured many drivers like I said Greg Sachs Dave Marcus ran for Hedrick while having his own team uh, that was run by a myriad of other drivers uh, to stay afloat and then I'm trying to think of the other driver I want to say Chuck Bown but I don't believe so. Anyway, uh, that that's pretty significant because the very next year, uh, that w as that was 1992, the very next year they would hook up with Terry Labonte at uh, Billy Hagen Racing. And after the 93 season with Hagen and Labonte, Kellogg's would follow Labonte to Hendrick Motorsports where... He would be most synonymous with them from 1994 in his career resurgence to his 1996 championship all the way through to his retirement in 2006. Uh, Hedrick was very instrumental in that. Hedrick was also a former owner of the Piedmont Bullwheels. Uh, team that would later on be sold by Hedrick and his partners to another group that featured the Earnhardt family and those Piedmont Bull Weevils would be renamed the Kannapolis Intimidators until the 2019 season where they were sold again and are now the Kannapolis Cannonballers Cannon Cannonballers Cannonballers there we go uh, so, uh, Larry Hedrick was very, very instrumental in that, along with having a myriad of other businesses, uh, auction houses, and whatnot. Um, team was most famous for their sponsorship of Mannheim Auctions, uh, Hedrick-owned company that saw plenty of drivers come through, most notably Dick Trickle and Phil Parsons at that point in time. So, Godspeed to Larry Hedrick, longtime owner. As I said, next week we have Darlington. Uh, IndyCar is still working out the rest of their schedule. Uh, and I am planning on a special episode. You don't need Patreon for this. Special episode where we take a look at the 2020 Darlington throwback schemes. Oh, there's a couple of good ones. There were some that just made me pop like I was so excited for. Um, a lot of teams are into it this year, and there's a lot of great ones. And there's one in particular that stands out to me, and it's coming from a team and a driver who had some throwbacks that I thought were horrible, absolutely terrible. But they completely knocked it out of the park this year. Uh, 
Uh, so we'll talk about that. And we, we this year we have all three series. Truck, Xfinity, and the Cup Series all running them. As they are all running this weekend. And there's some in all three divisions that have me really excited. And there's some that have really let me down. But we'll discuss that. Hopefully we'll have a special guest on for that. I'm not going to give it away yet. And this is going to be a free episode. You don't need Patreon, but definitely donate CKCC Radio on Patreon. Donate $5 or more and you can hear not just our special Patreon episodes for the Race Nerd Podcast, but you can hear them all. You can hear the ones that Jeff Trellowitz does for ranking tracks. You can hear the Club Kayfabe Wrestle Talk. All it is is $5 a month. Uh, it starts at it, you. You can't beat it. Five dollars a month. Think about that. If you buy a pack of cigarettes, that's less than a pack of cigarettes a day. You get an entire month of Patreon, an entire month of Patreon content for CKCC Radio. That's a cup and a half of co- coffee if you go to Dunkin' Donuts, or two candy bars. You you get that special content. And trust me, it is worth it. It is well worth it. Whether you like racing, music, or wrestling, it is definitely worth it. So, until next time, where we take a look at Darlington, you know, the Darlington schemes, then our regular episode, which will be later on in next week. I'm Matt Hardman, and I will see you at the track.